EM Guidewire, hard-hitting emergency medicine from Carolina's Medical Center. Hello and welcome back to EM Guidewire, brought to you by the emergency medicine residents and faculty at Carolina's Medical Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're honored for you to be joining us once again. As you recall, last week we heard from two of our amazing interns who wanted to share their unique perspectives with us. Sharing our perspectives is something all of us at Carolina's Medical Center enjoy doing, so much so that even our recent graduates can't resist the opportunity to share their knowledge with us. This week, Dr. Rushnell, one of our prior chief residents, will elaborate on the management of the anticoagulated patient and the use of four-factor PCC in a little segment we'll call Chief's Corner. Dr. Rushnell, thank you for joining us in the Chief's Corner on EM Guidewire. Hello and welcome to Chief's Corner, where the Chiefs of Carolina's Medical Center break off a morsel of knowledge for your learning pleasure. My name is Dr. Rushnell, and I am the chief that will be working with you today. So this case takes place in a trauma center, and a patient arrives with a medic after sustaining a stab wound to the right side of the abdomen as well as the left side of the chest wall. Patient is tachycardic on arrival with a heart rate of 150, and the patient's blood pressure is 110. A fast exam done in the trauma bay is positive in Morrison's pouch view, but has good lung sliding bilaterally, no evidence of cardiac tamponade, and no evidence of free fluid on the rest of the abdominal. And the patient's chest x-ray is normal. So why we're getting all this information back, we get a little bit more history, and the patient tells you that they have a history of both cardiomyopathy and AFib. When asked about any anticoagulation or medication, the patient reports that they do take a Pixaban and they have been compliant with that medication. While in the trauma bay, the patient becomes progressively more hypotensive and blood transfusions are initiated while the OR is getting ready. Now, despite receiving an entire MTP with six units of PRBCs, six units of FFP, and one pack of Platelets, this patient continues to get more hypotensive and tachycardic. At the beginning of the transfusions, it seemed like they were responding to the products and their blood pressure would come up a little bit. But it seems like with further transfusion, the patient has had continually worsening vital signs. So trauma resuscitation in the geriatric population is always going to be a little bit more of a challenge. We can get so used to young hearts that can handle these massive influxes of fluid and blood products that we often forget to stop and think about cardiac function in our elderly trauma patients, and also to evaluate for Farley's Pharmacy that might be complicating our jobs. Whether it's beta blockers that are creating a falsely low heart rate or anticoagulation that is making our patient coagulopathic, we need to take a second to stop and think about these things. And yes, in all trauma patients. The first 100 things on your differential for hypotension should be bleeding, but it's also important to be mindful of other causes of shock that you might be dealing with, especially in these elderly patients, and especially if someone has a history of cardiomyopathy. Performing serial abdominal exams can definitely help to direct your fluid resuscitation efforts. Does the patient have progressively worsening fluid inside the abdomen that makes you concerned for ongoing bleeding? What does the patient's IVC look like or their RV? If the patient has a massively dilated IVC or has enlarging RV with fluid resuscitation, you might need to be mindful about the amount of volume that you're giving this patient. And it's possible that you could have tipped over from a hemorrhagic shock into a cardiogenic shock. While this patient's initial response to fluids indicates that she certainly was volume responsive initially, the fact that she later worsened despite getting an aggressive amount of blood products warrants further evaluation for other causes of hypotension. In this case, step back 
and try to see if there are other things that could be contributing to this patient's hemodynamic decompensation. So if you do think a patient might be developing cardiogenic shock, one of the things you have to be mindful of in these trauma patients is the amount of volume that the patient is receiving. If a patient gets a full MTP, they are getting well over three liters of blood products which, if given by a Belmont or another rapid transfuser, can be given within minutes. And for a bad heart, that is a massive amount of additional fluid to give a patient in a very short period of time. And while this may be completely appropriate if the patient is hemorrhaging and you're replacing what is being lost, we also have to be mindful that resuscitation should be proportional to the patient's bleeding, and ongoing evaluation of their fluid status is important. So specifically in this case, one of the ways we really could have decreased this patient's fluid requirement is by giving them Kcentra. Remember, this patient was on apixaban for AFib, and other than giving the FFP, we didn't really do much to reverse that coagulopathy. I will avoid putting you to sleep by reviewing at length the cladding cascade. The only real thing that you need to know about Kcentra, which is also called a four-factor PCC, is that it basically has four factors. Shocking, right? Factor 2, factor 7, factor 9, and factor 10. Now, the great thing about this drug is by giving those four factors, you're replacing missing factors in both the intrinsic, extrinsic, and common pathway. This makes it an extremely versatile drug that is very helpful in reversing coagulopathies from many different causes. If you remember, our patient in this case was on apixaban, which is an anti-10A inhibitor. Now, factor 10 is used in the very first step of the common pathway, and which would have been replaced if this patient had received Kcentra. When looking at the data for Kcentra and trauma, the vast majority of data is in head trauma patients, where it has been noted to cause a significant reduction in mortality in head traumas. The data is pretty firm on that fact. If you have a patient on anticoagulation who has head trauma and is bleeding, you should give Kcentra. But our question here for this patient was really more about when the trauma is elsewhere, what's the data there? Now, it's not quite as substantial when we look at this specific question. A study was published in 2014, which looked at giving patients PCC and FFP versus just FFP alone in trauma patients on anticoagulation. Study ran for about two years, included 250 patients. Now, The outcomes for this study showed the group that received the PCC and FFP had improved correction of INR. And while that's great, it's probably not the outcome that we care the most about in the trauma bay. So the thing that really matters here is that the patients that received the four-factor PCC and the FFP had a decreased requirement of blood products and other transfusions. The patients that received PCC only received six units of PRBCs versus 10 units that was given in the FFP alone group. Additionally, patients received on average 2.8 units of FFP versus 3.9 units of FFP if they only received that. These patients that received the PCC in addition to FFP had better mortality, which was 23%, versus 28%. Despite the high price tag of Kcentra, patients that received the PCC and FFP actually had an overall lower cost. It actually decreased the price tag from 9,000 to 7,000, which was attributed to a decreased amount of transfusion needs, which are also pretty expensive. 
There was also another two-year study that was done between 2015 and 2016 that looked at 268 severe trauma patients who were not on anticoagulation. Interestingly enough, in this study, the patients that received the four-factor PCC and FFP versus the FFP alone actually had improved mortality, which was 27% in the FFP alone group and 17.5% in the four-factor PCC and FFP group, as well as lower rates of respiratory distress, lower rates of acute kidney injury. These groups also had no difference in the thromboembolic complications or the amount of platelet transfusion. The thought here in this paper being that the additional factors in the four-factor PCC helps to prevent part of that cycle that we see in the trauma triad of death. So more research is ongoing in this area of trauma resuscitation, and I'm really fascinated to see how this shakes out and to see if we start giving four-factor PCC routinely in our hypotensive trauma patients. Now, even if the studies that I reviewed show that there was not benefit of PCC, which they obviously do, and I definitely think that there's benefit of giving K-Centra in our trauma patients with anticoagulation that are bleeding or unstable. But let's say that they didn't, and we were just looking at the amount of volume to be considered because our patient had heart failure and we wanted to make sure that we weren't overloading them. So if we're only looking at the amount of volume that is required for patients, when we look at giving Kcentra, a normal dose of Kcentra is 50 units a kilogram. So if we do some math, 80 kilogram patient, that comes out to roughly 4,000 units or eight vials of Kcentra. Now each vial is only 20 cc's. So the total volume you're going to give a patient is 160 cc's. Okay. So 160 cc's sounds like some esoteric amount of fluid that's hard for me to really comprehend. Let's put it in some terms that will help remember. So 160 cc's is roughly five ounces. When I think five ounces, I think of the totally inadequate amount of wine that you get when you go to a proper restaurant and they give you a normal pour of wine. If you have a patient that you give Kcentra, the amount of fluid you're giving them is roughly equivalent to one glass of wine. Now, when we look at giving that same 80 kilogram patient FFP, Again, FFP is a non-concentrated coagulation factors, so it has much more volume. And the normal amount that you usually give to reverse anticoagulation in a hemorrhage is about 15 milliliters per kilogram, which is roughly still 15 units per kilogram. So if you do, again, that fancy math, we come out to 1.2 liters in that same 80 kilogram patient. Going back to that wine, we are now talking giving eight glasses of wine or just under two bottles of wine to that same patient to reverse their anticoagulation. And while two bottles of wine does sound like a good time, we can all probably agree that it's not great for a bad heart. Additionally, when we're looking at FFP versus Kcentra, you're actually getting a much smaller amount of clotting factors. Again, only about 1,200 units versus 4,000 units. So not only are you giving more volume, but you're getting less bang for your buck. So upshot of all this, If you have a trauma patient with significant bleeding that is anticoagulated, go ahead and give that Kcentra early in addition to other resuscitation measures if the patient is actively bleeding or unstable. Thanks again for joining us today on Chief's Corner. I hope you learned a little, and please let us know if you have any feedback on today's episode. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to EM Guidewire. Go! Be awesome today! Seems you out. When I think five ounces, I think of the totally inadequate amount of wine that you get when you go to a proper restaurant.
Sounds like some esoteric amount of fluid that's hard for me to really comprehend.